This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Let's look at 2 Peter 1. I'm just going to read through this. And we've been going over seven keys that will keep us walking fruitful in God. Amen? The Bible says that uh, God calls each one of us to be fruitful. So uh, we, we should not have any barrenness in our lives. Amen? And uh, if you are feeling barren in your Christian walk, uh, then I'm going to encourage you to uh, join us in the fast. Because I believe in, in the fast, God can rejuvenate us and give us fresh vision. And I don't know about you, but I need a fresh insight from God every day. Amen? The Bible talks about that uh, we should pray that God gives us every day our daily bread, which means that we need something fresh from God every day, a fresh word, fresh insight, fresh vision. Amen. And so praise God. So let's look at 2 Peter 1 and we'll read down through 5 through 8. It says, but also for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith. So he's talking to us that we need to add to our faith, thus the uh, title, Faith Additives, uh, add to our faith virtue. And we talked about virtue, which is moral excellence. And the key to walking in moral excellence, which means you're doing the right things when nobody's looking. Amen. So moral excellence is to please God. So we should every day we should have a desire to please God. Amen. To walk in a way where God, that we feel that God is pleased with our actions. I know that we don't always get there. Sometimes God is displeased with, sometimes with our actions, but he still loves us. Amen. And he will work with us through, uh, through processes of our growth. Amen. And then, then Peter says that we need to add not only virtue, but knowledge. And really, I believe it's more than just technical knowledge or vocational knowledge. It's knowledge of God. And when we have more knowledge of God, of who he is, God is a merciful God. He's a loving God. He's, uh, he's a, a, a God that cares about us. And so when we, when we have a desire to know God, amen? How many people have a desire to know God in here? I just want to know God more. And we don't know God like we need to know God, amen? In other words, there's depths of understanding of God, and I want to get, I want to get deeper in God. And the key to, to knowledge is, it, it, there's two keys. One is that, that we need to stay hungry for God. Look at your neighbor and say, stay hungry. And the other one to, to, to receive knowledge of God is we have to, we can't be know-it-alls. In other words, we can't think we know it all. We've come to a point in our faith walk where we don't have to go to church anymore. We don't need to read our Bible anymore. We know we have enough of God to to last us until Jesus comes back. No, we don't have enough of God. We don't have enough knowledge of God. And so we have to stay humble. So we have to stay humble before God. That's how we stay in a place of learning, that we stay humble. In other words, we know that we need more of God. And then uh, the third key to walking in fruitfulness and, uh, is self-control. Amen. Can somebody say self-control? self-control. And self-control, the key, key to self-control is vision. We have to have vision. When I went on a Body for Life contest, you know, I would look at pictures of people that were in good shape and I would get a vision. I'd say, that's what I want to look like. Amen. And so I would get a vision, and that vision pushed me to eat right, pushed me to work out three times a week. Amen. Are you here? I would look at these people, and I said, man, they look amazing. And, uh, and I want to look like that. Amen. And, uh, and so what I did was I, I kept the vision before. And if, you, if the vision gets big enough, the facts don't count. I'm going to say it again. If the vision gets big enough, you could say the fat doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> in other words, in other words, you can get such a vision of what, where you want to go that, 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 that even at times when you don't, when you're, when, listen, listen, uh, your feelings can take you the wrong way. We cannot live by our feelings as Christians. 
And, and our feelings will always take us in a wrong direction if we don't keep a check on it. And that's why we have to have our minds set on Christ. Because if our minds set on Christ, then, then we can override our feelings from day to day. Because if you go with your feelings, some of you probably wouldn't even get up and go to work. Isn't that right? Oh man, I don't feel like going to work today. But you don't want to be thrown out of your house. You don't want to be living on the streets. So the fear of living on the streets motivates you to go to work. Because you don't want to be living out of your car. Amen. So now you get up early. To go to work. Why? Because you want to make sure that you're paying the man. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, 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 so self-control, uh, it, another key, key to self-control, not only vision, is the fear of not going in a wrong direction. You know, I don't want to have a fear of going in the wrong direction. I want to go in the right direction. So self-control keeps me from moving in that wrong direction. Perseverance uh, is another key to our faith walk. And I'm going to say this, that if you're, going to, if you're going to walk with Christ, you can't be a quitter. You can't be a person that just quits just because you get a couple adversities in your life. Just because you get a couple setbacks doesn't mean that you step back and say, I ain't moving forward anymore. No, 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 no. You've got to keep pressing in no matter what it looks like. The, the Apostle Paul one of, was one of the greatest apostles ever risen up. Uh, raised up by God, and he encountered all kinds of problems in his ministry, and he even got thrown in jail, amen? A lot of the apostles encountered all kinds of issues. Most of them died martyrs' deaths, amen? And, uh, but that, that didn't keep them from moving forward in God or quitting. Amen. And I'm telling you, Paul didn't quit. Paul kept on going, amen? And, and even though that you may find yourself in a place that it may be, you may be in a stalemate place in God. You may feel like you're at an impasse. Have you ever felt like you were in an impasse? You just can't seem to move forward, maybe in your finances or move forward in your relationships or move forward in your health. You know, you're still dealing, battling with some stuff. Amen. Know this, that, that when, when, when you per- persevere in prayer, when you, when you keep pressing in, you will eventually see the promise. I don't, I, I'm not looking at any quitters in the house today. No, I'm looking at fighters. We are fighters. We're not quitters. That means that we keep going no matter what it looks like. Amen. Come hell or high water. Have you ever heard that? Come hell or high water. Amen. That means I'm, I'm going to keep going. And I'm looking at energizer bunnies today. Remember the energizer bunny? See, I used to watch a lot of TV and the commercial, you know, the Energizer Bunny keeps going and going and going and going, right? And so what do we do? We keep going and going. We're like the Energizer Bunny. As long as you keep plugging into God, keep plugging in God. I hope you guys are reading your worship books that I gave you. Amen. Because that's how you plug into God. Amen. By worshiping God and getting rejuvenated. Glory to God. So we have to persevere. That's, that's part of our faith. We don't quit. Amen. And, and there's going to be many trials. Through many trials and tribulations, the Bible says, we'll enter the kingdom of God. What? Are you saying that's not all roses, Pastor? Are you saying that there's, there's going to be some problems in this life? Yes, there's going to be problems. But be of good cheer. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. And we can overcome this world. And Jesus is living in you. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, you got the greater one. When you look at in the mirror, you know, you know, it's just not just you. You got Jesus, the hope of glory in you. And you need to start saying every day that when you look in the mirror, you need to start saying, God lives big in me. Smith Wigglesworth, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, which with a name like Wigglesworth, you better have faith. <laughs> Could you imagine the jokes that they had on him? Wiggles, worm, I mean, worth. 
Are you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, he, you have to have faith. You can't be worried about people's opinions. You have to have, have faith in God. And, and he, he learned to walk in faith. And he would say, you know, he would say, God lives big in me. He would look in the mirror and say, I'm a hundred times bigger on the inside than I'm, uh, 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 than I'm on the outside. Amen. Glory to God. And so anyway, God can enhance us. God can increase us. Amen. So, so, so the next key was godliness. And I talked about that. Talked about keys to godliness. And, and so godliness is really just, it's, it's, it's being like God. And what is God like? He is, he's merciful. He's loving. He's compassionate. Amen. And that's, what, and that's what we need to be. Merciful, loving, compassionate. Amen. Long-suffering, patient. God is very patient. So when you read the attributes of God, like in Psalms 145, and you start reading about how good God is, then, then when you start meditating on the goodness of God, that he's loving, kind, and compassionate, and you start thanking him for that, you become that way too. You become that way. Because how you see God is how you're going to behave and respond in this life. And you're going to be loving, kind, benevolent. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we want to make sure that we see God in the right light. And so, and so that's why we read our Bible and we do, the God, we do godly things every day to keep godliness in our life. Amen? And so today I want to talk to you about brotherly kindness. Be kind. Amen? And uh, the Bible talks about that in the love chapter. Love is patient and love is kind. And I'm telling you, that, that's a key. Because we can be patient, but are you kind while you're, while you're being patient? While you're in that long line? Why, why things aren't working that fast? Why the issues are happening? Amen? So kindness is an act of goodness, of looking out for the needs of others at one's own expense, expecting nothing in return. Amen. Now, that's, that's a tough uh, definition there. Because most of us, when we do something nice for somebody, we're expecting a little bit of kindness back to us. Now, I know that, but, but see, even though that we do kindness uh, to others, we may not receive kindness back to us. But that doesn't mean that we should stop walking in kindness. Just because somebody doesn't treat you, you do something right for them and they don't say thank you, well, you don't need to get all upset about it. Because whatever you do for somebody, in a sense, you're doing it for the Lord. So whatever you do in kindness, Jesus said, whatever you've done on the least of these brethren, you have done unto me. And Jesus was talking about, you know, uh, uh, going, you know visiting people in prison. He was talking about visiting people in the hospital. He was talking about, you know, giving to the poor. And he was saying, whatever you do these things, you're actually doing it as unto me. Wow. So like I took somebody home one time. Uh, I was, uh, we were out. I was at Target one day. And there was a guy, he needed a ride home. You got to be careful and be led by the Holy Spirit. You don't want to take Jack the Ripper home. Amen. Uh, amen. Are you hear what I say? You want to make sure that, you know, you, 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 you're discerning, right? You don't want your throat. Okay, we won't go there. But, um, uh, but uh, you got to be discerning. And the guy looked all right to me. And uh, so I took him home, and, uh, and he was a Christian, and, and I ministered to him. And, you know, and I felt like, you know, it, it took time out of my busy schedule. And I'm saying, I'm going to say this to you today. You can't be too busy to lend a helping hand to something. Oh, I'm preaching today. You can't be too busy to be a blessing to somebody else. You can't get too busy, amen, about your own life that, that, you know, that other people don't matter anymore. No, 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 no. We got to always allow time for other people to, to interrupt us so we can be a blessing. Do you know that Jesus was always interrupted in his ministry? He was always doing something and then somebody would come up and interrupt him, right? They would cut in Jesus and, you know, Jesus was... Jairus, or Jairus, I think that's the thing, Jairus, he was a, you know, a priest, 
And uh, he asked Jesus, hey, can you pray for my daughter? She's, uh, she's sick unto death. And Jesus said, I'll, I'll come and pray. And so on the way to go into Jairus' house, a lady stops him. And that was a lady that had a problem with her, a blood issue for 12 years. And she yanked on his, on, on, on his, uh, on his coat and she received healing. And, she, and then, of course, she started talking to Jesus, interrupted Jesus on his way to Jairus' house, which, you know, his daughter was sick. So he got interrupted. And he ministered to her. She got healed. And then finally, in that process of time, which could have took 15, 20 minutes, you know, uh, the people that knew Jairus was at his house, came up and said, don't bother the master. Your daughter's already dead. Well, Well, Jesus got interrupted, but Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. Uh, Only believe. And even though there might be a delay, that doesn't mean it's a denial. Just because we have some delays in our prayers and just because we don't see everything happening doesn't mean it's a denial in our lives. And so, you know what? Just keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep believing even if there's a pause in the blessings in our lives. Keep believing even though we're not seeing it happen. Amen? Keep believing that that, that what we do is making a difference in the kingdom of God. Amen. We got to keep believing. Look at your neighbor and say, keep believing. keep believing. Amen. So we have to keep walking in love even at our own expense. Oh, man. Are you saying, Pastor, you're, you're saying that I'm supposed to pick up my cross and follow Jesus and deny myself? Is that kind of, is that the gospel you're telling me I'm in? You're saying I'm supposed to deny myself? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the gospel we're in. Pick up your cross, deny yourself if you're going to be a, 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 if you're going to be a disciple of Christ. Amen? So, 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 so God really revealed his self to us and how selfless he is. God is a selfless God. And, uh, and here in John 3, 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, so God's not looking to condemn the world. And the Bible actually says, as believers, we're not here to condemn unbelievers. In other words, we're not supposed to be condemning how they live their life. Amen. We're not supposed to be looking down on unbelievers. Why? Because, you know, it's sinners, that's what they do best is sin. That's how they live their life. They're sinners. Amen. That's what they do. That's what they do. We don't look down on sinners. We pray for them and try to bring the good news to them and let them know that they don't have to be in those destructive habits. Amen. That they can come out of those destructive habits and they can and they can rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So we're here to help people, you know, raise them up, bring them out of those destructive habits that will try to destroy their lives. So kindness is not condemning people. Kindness is helping people. Why should we walk in kindness towards other people? Why should we do that? We should do that because God is kind to us. I'm going to say that again. God is kind to us. In other words, we all deserve to go to hell. What, Pastor? No, I'm a good person, Pastor. I'm a good, I'm not, I'm not one of those heathens out there. I, you know, I pay my taxes. You know, yeah, you may pay your taxes. You may be a good person per se, as in you're measuring your goodness with, you know, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, you're a good person compared to Jack the Ripper. But, but, uh, but how good are you compared to Jesus? Are you willing to lay down your life for people? Or how good are you compared to God, the holy God? Where we're not that good, amen, but compared to the axe murderer, we're really good people. Right? We like to compare ourselves to those people. Yeah, but, but we need to compare ourselves to Jesus and we're not that good. Amen? But Jesus can make us good. See, that's the reason why I'm up here today. I mean, if it wasn't for Jesus, man, I'd be sleeping in on Sundays. I wouldn't be pastoring. I'd be living for myself. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But no, 
Jesus, save my life. I owe a debt that I cannot pay. And he paid a debt he did not owe. I owe a debt of gratitude. I'm up here because I love God so much that I'm not going to hell. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We need to be thankful for that. That we're not on the road to hell. Do you know, I, there's lots of people on the road to hell. Man, I, 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 I watch it all the time. I see little clips, you know, on my Facebook of different uh, people that are, you know, um, actors and actresses. And they don't believe in God. They think when you die, it's just all over with. But, you know, this life keeps going and going and going after we die. And I'm going to say this, that you're going to be more alive after you die than, than when you're alive here. In other words, our body keeps us contained. But when we get out of our body, we'll be totally free. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so, so now I'm not talking about getting out of the body of Christ. Amen. <laughs> Stay in the body of Christ. But what I'm saying is, is that, that our bodies contain us. But, but when, we, when we get into the spirit, we become free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And God will set us free from whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Amen. So we need to keep walking in kindness and it's not condemning people. Amen. We should walk in kindness towards others. And the reason why is because God loved us even while we were yet sinners. I like what it says in Titus 3, 3 and 7. It says, for we, for we ourselves were also foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy hateful, hating one another. Oh, man. Make, make sure that that's not us right now. Amen. Make sure we're coming out of some of those things. Amen. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration through Jesus Christ, our Savior, or renewing of the Holy Spirit, and whom he poured out, on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we see here in Titus, uh, Paul is saying that at one time we were really bad people. Now you may never consider yourself bad people. Most people, uh, if you interview them, most people that don't know Jesus, they don't think that they're that bad. Amen. But the Bible says that if we don't know Jesus, we're, we're, we're inherently evil. And, and the world will tell you that man is inherently good. But if you look around, man is inherently evil. Now, we can do some good things, but a lot of times people that do good things that's not in Christ, they do things for self-promotion. Right? They, they, they do foundations so they can make their names Great, you know, so they, they're promoting themselves. But what we're trying to do is make Jesus famous. That's what we do. We promote Jesus. We're not here to promote ourselves. And when you make Jesus great, guess what happens? He turns around and makes you great. When you make Jesus famous, he will turn around. He can make you famous. But we don't look for fame. We look for Jesus. We don't follow after fame, fortune, and all that. We follow after Jesus. And the Bible says, if you follow after Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. So, so I'm saying this scripture right here in Titus is an awesome scripture. And, and so it, it says that even though that, that we were sinful, God overlooked our sins and he drew us into the kingdom. Romans 2, 4 says this, or do you not hold the priceless kindness or forbearance and patience in low esteem, unaware that the kindness of God leads us to repentance? God's kindness leads us back to him. God's kindness, his willingness to forgive us, keeps us coming back to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, I, I thank God for his forgiving power. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God that even though uh, in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love towards us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus died for us while we were not nice people. But thank God. Why? He did that so we, he can turn us into nice people. Amen? So we should be kind. Who do we be kind to? We should be kind to those that are unkind to us. 
And that's probably the hardest thing to do. Isn't it the hardest thing to do to be nice when somebody's not nice to you? Isn't it when somebody doesn't do you right, you know, uh, it's hard to keep your mouth shut. I was talking to somebody in the congregation, amen, and they said that, that, that there's some bad things that was happening to them at work and, 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 and their boss or somebody in, in a high authority over them started saying some things that weren't right and they just didn't say anything. They just kept it. And then God turned everything around for them. It's only the, the love of God that constrains us. I'm going to say it again. The love of God keeps us from shooting, out, shooting off our mouths. <laughs> Amen. Because sometimes we just want to shoot our mouth off. Amen. And so we got to learn to control this thing here called the tongue, which, which James says is full of evil and deadly poisons. Amen. So we need to be kind. It says here in Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. And that's tough. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Do good to those who hate you. Yeah. Yeah. You do, do good to those who hate you. In other words, do something nice for somebody that's not being nice to you. That's difficult, but you can do it. It says here in Luke 6, 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Wow. So what we need to do is see what when people spitefully use you, I'm going to say this. Most people aren't out to get you. Can I say that? Most people aren't out to try to out for your demise. You got to understand most people, when people do something that may upset you, normally they're not trying to do it on purpose and it's not malicious. Normally it's just a mistake. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so people make mistakes all the time. And you have to allow, that's why the Bible says we need to bear with one another. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, that means that we have to suffer sometimes when people make bonehead mistakes. Amen. Even your spouse has made bonehead mistakes at times. But you let it go. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Why? Because you make mistakes too. It's like that one person looking for the perfect church. They're going everywhere looking for the perfect church and they keep going in and, and then they got their list, you know, of the perfect pastor and the perfect congregation. And then when something doesn't work out, they leave the church to find the next perfect church. But what they don't realize is every time they get to the, to the perfect church, they're imperfect and they make the church imperfect. Because they're critical on everything in the church. Instead of criticizing and minimizing, won't you be part of the, the solution instead of part of the problem? Instead of, instead of, I don't like this about the church, well, won't you join the church and help that part of the church? Boy, I'm preaching today. My Lord Jesus. Are you hearing what I say? I don't like the worship. You better join the worship then and make it better. Are you hearing what I say? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah, you, need not, you might need to put your life on the line every once in a while. Amen. Remember Nehemiah? Nehemiah cried out to God because the walls were broken down. And Nehemiah was so heartbroken. It's a story about, about this man named Nehemiah. He was the cupbearer of the king. And, and Nehemiah was so hurt over the walls being broken down, he started fasting and praying. And uh, then, you know, he was always the happy guy. He was always the encourager in front of the king. And, but the king noticed he was down one day and said, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, what's wrong with you? You're always up. You're always, you're the one that gets me up all the time. What's wrong? He said, well, the, the, how can I be up when the, when the walls are broken down in, in Jerusalem? And, 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 the, and the king says, well, what do you need? I'll give you whatever you need to build those walls. Amen. What, what happened? His fasting and praying moved them into a place where he had the king's favor. And I'm going to say this to you. How many people, I'm going to ask you that, how many people want the king's favor on your life? How many people want the king's grace on your life? How many people want God's blessings on your life? 
Well, you might need to do what Nehemiah, I didn't mean to get into the fasting message today, but you might need to do what Nehemiah did, start fasting and praying for a breakthrough. You might say, I don't need a breakthrough. Well, you probably need a breakthrough, but you don't know it yet. You think, oh, everything's fine. No, your life is falling apart. You know it. Most of us like to lie to ourselves. Oh, everything's good, Pastor. Everything's, I'm not, you know, most of us don't want to ask for help. We don't, we, we try, we, we, we try to just, just act like everything's good. We, we ignore problems. We're the ostrich Christians. We just bury our head in the sand and hope it goes away. It ain't going to go away. You just can't bury your head in the sand. Oh, it's, it's going to go away. No, no, it keeps floating back up. Right? So you got to face it. You got to face your issues. Sometimes fasting, that's what it does. When we fast, God can show us there's areas that we may need to adjust to move in to that mega blessing that God wants us to walk in. It's just little areas to, to just, just little uh, uh, tweaks in our life. Just, it may not be much. Just a little tweak, like stop worrying. <laughs> stop worrying. You're either worrying about your past, right? You're worried about what you did in your past. Like, I hope it's not going to come back and haunt me, right? Amen. And then, or, or you're worried about the future. So the devil gets you worrying about your past. Oh, I should have done more in the past. And then the devil says, now your future's messed up too. And you worry about the future. And, and, and you, you can't even live good in, in the now. Because you're worried about the past and you're worried about the future. You're regretting the past and, 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 you're, and you have fear of the future. And we got to get that out of our equation. No, 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 no. As we get a revelation of God's goodness, his plans for us are good plans. And God's about ready to do some amazing things in some of our lives. And we need to recognize it. That God is about ready to move heaven and earth. To get the blessing to you. Has anybody seen the blessings of God in your life this year? In spite of some of the setbacks. In spite of what the enemy's been doing. Yes, the devil's trying to do some things. Amen. But I'm going to say this to you. No weapon formed against you, your family, your loved ones will not prosper in Jesus' name. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You need to get a backbone and, say, and get rid of your wishbone. I wish things were better, Pastor. I just wish. I wish. Get rid of the wishbone and get some backbone. I wish things weren't so bad. Well, you can make them better. Your prayers can make them better. Your prayers can change things. I wish my family wasn't in such a bad state. Hey, get rid of that wishbone. Amen? Get some backbone and, and, and get your, and get your you know, you can't, you, you, your vertebrae can't be like a spineless jellyfish. You got to get a crowbar back there. Amen? What I'm talking about, I'm talking about you just can't bend and, and been down to every storm that comes in your life, you know, you better start speaking to your storms. You, start, you better start speaking grace, like Zerubbabel, grace to your mountains. Amen? So, so we need to understand this, that, 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 God, that, that we need to walk in that brotherly kindness and God demonstrate his kindness to us. And we need to love our enemies and we need to pray for those who despitefully use us. And, and we need to, you know, it says if somebody strikes you on a cheek also and takes away your cloak, do not withhold the tunic either. In other words, if somebody steals your best leather jacket, just give it to them. Pastor, that's my leather. That's my leather. That's my leather. That's my coolness. I got a leather jacket, man. Somebody, man, I would almost lose my religion if they stole my leather jacket. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And uh, I love that leather jacket. My Lord Jesus. Love that leather jacket, man. I need to, I need to get a motorcycle to go with it. Amen? And, and get on the back of it, Davy Baby or something like that. Like Robbie Baby and Dick Van Dyke. Amen? 
but, but you can't love things and, and get your mind off loving things and get your mind on loving people. Things will be here. They will rot. They will, I mean, that leather jacket will end up not being any good in a couple years. You know, you're going to have to buy another one. Clothes will wear out. But, but you got to stop loving things and start loving people. Amen. What we do is we love things more than we love people. And things are temporary. You will never see a hearse be, behind a morgue. Uh, a mortuary, uh, I mean, behind, yeah, uh, uh, a hearse, excuse me. You'll never, you'll never see a bunch of junk being carried when they bury the person. Amen? You can't take it with you, in other words. I mean, that would be pretty sad if you, had her, if, you, if, you, if you had a bunch of junk back there behind the hearse. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so kindness is following the golden rule. Luke 6, 31, just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them. So that's the golden rule, amen? But, and that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we're treating others like we would want to be treated, glory to God. When I think about this and I think about Abraham and I think about how, how God made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham's called the father of our faith. And Abraham, you know, God made the covenant with Abraham and said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to do great things in your life. And uh, I'm going to provide you a seed. You're going to be an heir of, of millions of people. Glory to God. And that's when, when Abraham didn't have even a child at that time. And, and, but Abraham was called out of his family. And Abraham was so nice, he took his nephew Lot with him. Amen. That's called brotherly kindness. He was looking out for, I guess, his deceased brother's son. And so, so Lot came with him. And then there was a point where God was blessing them so much that, they, that, that, that Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen started fighting with each other. And, and, and so Abraham got the revelation that if there's no unity in the family, if there's no unity in this situation... Then, you know, in, in, in the relationship that they had, that they needed to split up because they, they were having problems. But Abraham took the high road with Lot, even though Lot was really his nephew and Abraham should have been calling the shots, said, what, what would you like? Where would you like to go? And of course, Lot said, I want to take the water place down there near the heathens. And, and took the nice place. And so Abraham said, go ahead, and he, took, he let Lot have the better, appeared to be the better portion of land. And then, and then God came to Abraham and said, man, I, I respect that. Just because you were willing to do that, look around, Abraham. Look as far as the north, south, east, west. He said, I'm giving it to you all. Why? Because, because it didn't mean, because the relationship that Abraham had with God was more valuable than the stuff that God could give him. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Don't worship the stuff. Don't worship the blessing. Don't just because you got there. Some of us get there and we have the blessing and we got money in the bank and everything's working now. Then we start thinking we don't need God anymore. You, that's when you really need God. You need really God. That, that's when you really need God. Amen. And so Abraham, you know, and then, and then Lot, took, you know, was, was, um, was in his own place and Abraham and, and the fighting quit. And then, uh, and then there were some bandits that came in and, and, uh, and kidnapped Lot. And, and we're talking about brotherly kindness here. And Abraham said, well, you know, I mean, that guy needs a man up, you know, and get out of his own problems. Right. But no, Abraham took his people, he risked, his, he risked his life to save Lot. And he went out there and he got Lot back and he helped other people in the, in the process. And, that's where, and, then, and then Abraham got blessed out of that. And that's where Melchizedek came into the picture. And he had communion with Melchizedek, which was a type of Jesus. And, 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 and Melchizedek blessed him even greater. What am I saying? I'm saying if you're going to walk in brotherly kindness, you have to quit just looking out for yourself, but you have to look out for others. Remember, remember the, anybody ever read the book of Ruth? 
And remember that, that Ruth was uh, Naomi's daughter-in-law, and Naomi had two sons and a husband, and they, and they moved away out of Israel and moved into another place because there was a famine in Israel at the time. And then uh, Naomi's uh, husband died, and then her two sons died, and she had two daughter-in-laws that were widows. And then, you know, Naomi says to her two daughter-in-laws, you know, you, got, you, you two ladies are young. You, you guys, why don't you go back to your own hometown? Go find a man, basically. Go start your lives over again. And remember, Ruth said, I won't do that. No, no, I, no, no matter what, I'm going to stay with you. I'm not going to let you go. I, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to help you, Naomi. You're my mother-in-law. And, and, and she was... Uh, you know, she was revealing sisterly kindness. And she said, I'm not going to let you go no matter what. And Naomi says, go, just leave me alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle it on my own. And, and, and no, no, you know, Ruth was a type and a shadow of, of the love of God. And, Ruth, and, and it's like God, God is not going to let us go. Even though we go through some hard times, God's saying, I'm sticking with you through thick and thin. And Ruth said, I'm not going to let you go. And they came back to Naomi's hometown. And they were poor because they had, they had no finances. And Ruth had to gleam. You know, they, had a, they, they, they were able to gleam off the fields. And, and, and the poor people could get 10% of the fields that were, that were being harvested. And, and the wheat. And, and so, and Boaz, you heard about you know, her faithfulness to Naomi, and he was, he, man, he was amazed by it, and uh, he started blessing uh, Ruth in the fields. And finally, finally, her kindness got her a wealthy husband. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Your kindness will bring the blessings of God into your life. It's selfishness that keeps the blessings from coming into our lives. It's us being self-focused, you know, being focused on ourselves. The false trinity, me, myself, and I. Right? And we're so focused on ourselves, we're not even helping other people. The other night, praise God, we we had the Christmas Eve service, and I was shocked, uh, you know, uh, I don't know why I was shocked, because I never, I hardly ever see uh, uh, men doing dishes and, um, and, and there was one of the guys in the church doing the dishes on Christmas Eve Thomas and, he, and I couldn't believe it because once he was done he had dishpan hands <laughs> and he was washing the pots and pans and, and, and Telly and, and Yin were working cleaning up and of course I was doing what I do best is talking not lifting a finger, you know, no, not that's, I try to help out every once in a while. Pastor ain't doing anything, I ain't going to do anything, amen. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I'm telling you, you got to be willing to get dishpan hands. Amen. Glory to God. For what? For the blessings of God. I mean, when, when, you know, you think about this, most people are just for themselves. But we can't be, if we're going to see the blessings, if we're going to see the grace of God on our lives, we can't be just about ourselves. No, we got to be about others. we got to be willing to lay down our lives. we got to be willing to pick up our cross. we got to be willing to be inconvenienced. What? For the gospel's sake, was Jesus inconvenienced for us? Did, did Jesus get some stripes on his back for us? Did he receive some abuse from people? Did he get nailed to the cross for us? Was Jesus inconvenient? Yes, he was. And if Jesus was willing to go through all hell, manner of hell, so that we could have heaven, every once in a while we might need to go through a little bit of hell, amen, so we can see the grace of heaven in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I believe that this church is, is moving forward in 2022. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. We have cards out there that says just a little extra. And I want to encourage you to show brotherly kindness. How do you do that? Pay for someone's gas. I do. I pay for my wife's gas all the time, Pastor. 
You might want to pay for somebody else's gas. Take, take out the garbage for the elderly. Men, won't you take out the garbage for your wife? Okay, we'll continue. I'm always taking the garbage out, amen? Uh, leave an encouraging note and surprise uh, in items that you are donating, selling, or returning. Deliver fresh-baked cookies to a neighbor. Bring fresh flowers to someone. Mow someone's yard. Well, you can't do it now, but... Pay for someone's coffee behind you in the drive through Pay for someone's fast food meal behind you in a drive through Send a note of encouragement to someone. Give baked goods and small gifts to a postman or deliver, delivery person. Now, if, if, if the postman's a good-looking guy and you're a lady, you got to be careful. We'll continue. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? What am I saying today? There's so many different ways that you can be a blessing. There's so many different ways. You know, I bought coffee for, one, for a person one day on, at Starbucks, and they ended up coming to church. I was able to, it, it opened their heart. Doing good deeds opens people's hearts to get the gospel of the kingdom into their lives. And when we start doing, it's not just giving monetary things, it's praying for people. Pray for your neighbors. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, some of you, how many people have some heathens living around you? I mean, I'm serious. How many people have some people in your, that, that, to the right of you, to the left of you, you know, in your house, in front of you? Um, do they go to church? I'm telling you, the people on my right don't go to church. And, and I don't think they're Christians. And, people, and, and the lady on my left, I don't think she's a Christian. I never heard her. I tried ministering to her. And, it, and I know the guy across the street's not a Christian. Amen. And uh, his name's Bernard. And I, told, I said to him, St. Bernard. You know, I was joking around with him. St. Bernard. He said, I'm no saint. That was my neighbor. I'm no saint. He was proud of it. I'm a rank sinner and proud of it. Oh, you hear what I say to you today? I mean, the guy was really proud of it. And I'm trying to minister to him about Jesus and all that. And, you know, yeah, I've heard that before. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? What am I doing? I'm praying for them. Now, I may not be praying for them, not going over there and trying to pray for them, but I'm praying that, Lord, that, that, that the harvest rain would fall on them, that the, that the spirit of repentance will come upon them, and that laborers will be sent in their path. Amen? Because the Bible says, pray that laborers will be sent in the path. So we pray that the harvest rain will fall on them, and that laborers, we might not be the laborer, it might be somebody else, glory to God, but, but, but pray that laborers be sent into the harvest field. And then we are laborers too because we may minister to somebody that we may not particularly care about, right? Because they're, we, they're not really in our world. They're strangers. So, so we minister to a stranger that really can't really do anything for us. But when we minister to that stranger, in a sense, when we reach out to that stranger, you don't know that somebody loves this stranger person that may not know Jesus and they might be praying for him. They may be a family member. So as we reach out to us, a non-family member that we don't particularly care for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? Then guess what? God sends people to your relative. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And then God said, and then they don't particularly care about that stranger. Right? But we should care about them. We should care about people. Why? Because Jesus died for the ungodly. Jesus died. And, and if it wasn't for Jesus, we would be in their boat. We, if it wasn't for Jesus, we would be on the broad road of destruction. If it wasn't for Jesus, we would be uh, headed towards a devil's hell. But because of Jesus, Jesus should compel us to walk in love towards the unlovely. Jesus should compel us to step out and be inconvenient for others. Jesus should compel us. And when, when we start walking in that kind of way, I'm telling you, we're going to see being a life because the Bible says we will prosper as our soul prospers. And our soul can only prosper by giving out to people. And when we become givers in the kingdom of God, then we'll become shining lights that God called us to be. We'll be the shining stars. We'll be shining bright as the stars, as the Bible says. And I'm telling you, we'll be God's stars. You know, Hollywood have their stars, but God has his stars. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we'll be the bright stars shining in a dark place, being nice to people and drawing people into the kingdom of God. Did you receive it today? I'm telling you, I'm looking at givers today. I'm looking at people that love others more than you love yourself. I'm looking at people that's willing. Now, this is, a, this is not easy. I'm looking at people today that are willing to go the extra mile. Jesus said, if, if a person asks you to go one mile, Jesus said, go with them two miles. In other words, we're extra mile people. We do the extra. Amen. And when we do that, we're going to see the grace and the blessings of God. Did you receive it today? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father, for these precious people this morning. I thank you for those watching online. And Father, I just, I just, I want to be like Jesus. I know every person in here wants to be like Jesus. Jesus is a selfless Savior. And Father, I just thank you that the only way we can be like Jesus is to get more of Jesus in us. Perhaps you're watching online. You know it's time for you to put Jesus first place into your life. It's time to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, if that's you today, if you haven't made that commitment, today's the day of salvation. So I want, to, I want you to pray this prayer if you're ready to move forward in God. And just say this, this, this humble prayer before the Lord with an open heart. And I believe that God will bring you into a place of his grace. Say this, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 